podcast. I am your host, Pastor Scott Millis. And uh, behind the board and the other microphone today is Zach Bensel, as Hello. always, doing a marvelous job. And uh, not with us once again today is Matt Kreider, who is, bless his heart, off at Summer Scream with our youth for a week of church camp. And um, so he's not obviously going to be able to join us. We might have a special word for him inserted, a special report from a church camp. We'll see how that goes. And then if we do a podcast next week, he'd probably be here, but he'll probably sound different because it takes about a week to recover your voice it after does. a week of summer yes. scream. There's a lot Matt. of screaming at summer Especially scream. Matt. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. He, he really does. really does. Pours himself into that camp, and uh, I'm excited for him. Looks like they've, they've had uh, decent weather. You know, yeah. it's summer, but <clears throat> I can remember camps when... It was in the high 90s all week. Yeah, and, or uh, camps where it's like threat of thunderstorms yes, and stuff. So. Yes, yes. They might have had a little rain yesterday, but somebody told me during one of my later years of camp, you know, we were always have all these plans, you know, one of the big things that happens uh, during every day. There's, there's two or three hours of games, team competitions, yep. and we have they go to, wow, you know, they really plan these things out and get the equipment out and, and – uh, you know, it's always, well, what if we have rain? What are we going to do if it rains? Yeah. And we always had some contingency plan. But the guy who did most of the game planning, Dr. D, once said, you know, he said, I, I've, I've kept records. And do you know how many times it has actually rained during free time, during during game time? During game during time. Summer scream. And it was like less than 10 yeah, middle uh, school. In, in 16, 17, 18 years of camp at that time. Yeah. And then, uh, like, it, it just, five days a week. It was, yeah. It, it, yeah, right. Well, and two weeks camp. Right. Uh, most of those yeah, summers yeah, had yeah. two weeks camp. It was it was phenomenally yeah. small. It was, like, never – so rarely was it an issue. So yeah. they get to do what they plan to do. So often and they're blessed with just great weather. They really are. Yeah. Uh, and, again, heat's the only thing. I've seen a couple heat injuries. Uh, most of those, every one of them, frankly, was avoidable. Uh, right. You know, kids don't drink the water. Right. Or there was this one clown who uh, uh, dressed all in black, yeah, and, and wore you know wore his stocking cap, uh-huh. his black jeans, and a black yeah. shirt constantly because you they know they got to look cool. Got to look cool. <laughs> Holy cow, he looked like a, a dead fish yes. uh, laying there on the ground. It's not a trace of color. He was pale skinned anyway, but I mean, he just kind of sitting there, right? Um, you know, and, and it was that's a close one, really. I mean, they, they, yeah. we got him to the hospital, and they said this was this was a really serious one. He yeah. was it was wow. a bad case. You know, people often say heat stroke. Well, heat stroke, true heat stroke, is almost always fatal. But yeah. heat, heat exhaustion. Yeah. Uh, but they said he was pretty close. To yeah. Yeah. So coming, but the last um, one that I went as a counselor, there was a kid there who, um, like a whole day, he was just laying in his bunk, and finally, I just asked him, I was like. Hey man, are you you okay? What's wrong? He's like, oh, I'm just not feeling good, like the heat and everything. Blah blah. I was like, Well, have you drank any water? He's like, No. I was like, Well, have you drank anything? He's like, I've had Mountain Dew, <laughs> and he uh, had like nothing but like Mountain Dew and snack food for like uh, since he'd gotten there, yeah. and that was like Monday, Monday oh, or Tuesday wow. maybe. And I was like, Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. You don't feel good. Yeah. You can get so. by with that if you're sitting on a couch in the air conditioning. <laughs> right. But not yeah. if you're out doing stuff outdoors, moving around. Yeah. But yeah. I am sure they're having a fun time. Yep. Have you 
So today's Wednesday. Have you mm-hmm. gone down there nope. yet? No. Nope. Nope. Pl- the plan is go down there tomorrow. I, I will almost certainly go down tomorrow. Yeah. My wife will probably join me, yeah. uh, depending on when, when she's able to get back. You know, with this, uh, uh, she's doing something with her sister over at her family. There's there's uh, so, some medical stuff going on over there. Yeah. So uh, she's with them, and uh, if she can make it back in time, she'll go with me. But I'll go down and visit them. I usually do on Thursday. Yeah. They've, they've kind of. Uh, come to expect that i just kind of it's it's fun Uh, reconnect with some of the leaders and certainly see how our kids are doing and and even more excitingly for me my kids yeah my two children are there my daughter for the first time yeah that's right this is rainy's first year yeah yeah Yeah. i'm sure she's loving it i'm sure she is she was nervous but she's got uh her their her team leaders i saw i know both of them they're great girls and they're excited about getting to know her and in uh, Faith Houston there, who's uh, operating kind of as our junior counselor, she said she would look out for Rainy. So I'm not worried about it. I'm just excited to see how she has blossomed over the week. And yep. uh, looking forward to hearing some uh, good testimonies from those kids. Yeah. You know, there's some. You know, they've been there many times. And, you know, uh, there's individuals that uh, I don't particularly have high expectations yeah. for, but it's still a good week for oh, them. Oh, yeah. You know, nothing bad's going to happen. I'm just not sure some of them are pressing into god yeah uh, but god can still press into them i know yeah so anyway we'll we'll hear more about that when it's over with we've talked a lot about camp in the last couple podcasts and uh i don't think we need to say much more about it till it's over yeah there's uh, not much more to which say. it will be by the time this podcast hits the uh, airwaves i think yeah. right yeah and uh we've got uh a week off of course you know next week is uh fourth of july, 4th of july. independence july. day and we might say a little bit about that because i've got some thoughts and then uh, the following week, the following Sunday, the youth group, we actually have a baptism that That's Sunday. True. It's a busy, busy Sunday. We've got uh, communion, baptism. Um, and uh, then uh, a group of uh, young people and leaders are heading up to Michigan, Grand Rapids, I think. Yep, Grand uh, Rapids. To do a, a, a mission trip. It's kind of a, obviously it's a domestic yeah, mission trip it's not foreign missions uh but uh they're going to be working alongside churches doing a, a number of different things I, I don't know if they're i don't have a lot of the particulars but i know they'll be working you know service projects like soup kitchens whether it be a lot of outreach stuff yes and uh it's going to be it's it's a you know We've been wanting for a long time. Matt, I know, has had a passion to take a group of young people on a mission trip. We we kind of uh, were working toward a Mexico trip yep. at one point, but we just kind of got the ball rolling too late, and a lot of people who signed up early on backed out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is kind of a, a – I'm not diminishing the importance of these right. uh, stateside uh, trips like this, they are important. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I'd still consider it maybe a baby step yeah. into the, uh, into yeah, the, I would uh, say that. great commission. Right. Uh, it's something uh, certainly, I think it's going to be a different experience, uh, for these young people than summer camp is, mm-hmm. you know, summer camp can be exhausting, but it's all still mostly about fun. It's right, about, yeah. you know, uh, put them in an environment that they're not accustomed to something that's a little more urban going to be around people. They're not used to being around and, and it's all about somebody else. Uh, I, I am excited about the way this is going to stretch some people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, I think that'll be look cool. Forward. Are, are you going on that one? I'm not. No, okay. I wish I was. Yeah, I know. You looking get... back, I wish, man, I wish I would have been able to go at Summer Scream and um, the mission trip because yeah. you know, just talking about them. So yeah, it's hard to hard to pull all those things oh, off. Gosh, it really yeah. is. It's like summer comes around, you got three. Yeah. 
big weeks or right. something to do. So, yeah. Uh, let's talk, if you don't mind, Zach, a little bit about uh, these short-term mission trips. Yeah, go for it. Uh, and I want to. It's kind of uh, on my heart because I read a really, to what was to me, a very offensive post written mm-hmm. written by uh, uh uh, somebody I've never met. It's uh, you know, I mean, the person who shared it on on social media was a friend of mine, and um, but the post itself was uh, by somebody who calls herself the world's worst missionary, and I believe she's a professing Christian, but she's uh, she's got some very political ideas that, yeah. that I don't share, and uh, she was making a point about the the border crisis, uh, you know, the immigration crisis, right. and, and yeah. how how. The way that our government is handling it is is uh, very unchristian uh, to her way of thinking and to a lot of believers' way of thinking. I'm not defending. I'm not saying for for one second that everything that's going on down there is good and right. My my position on that, uh, for what it's worth, has has simply been answers aren't easy. It's mm-hmm. it, any any fool can stand there and scream and point out the problem. But right. if you're not offering a solution, you're probably better off keeping your mouth shut. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. her uh, she was conflating uh our attitude about mission trips short-term mission trips with our attitude about the border and, and her point and i'm not going to try to quote it and i'm not going to read it because it's too long but her point was essentially uh we have this attitude about brown people from other countries and so when we go on short-term mission trips to quote unquote love on them and be moved by them and changed by them we're essentially treating them like big game safari Therefore, it's no surprise that we put them in cages when they try to come to our country oh and uh, and then proceeded to really denigrate the attitude that short term missionaries have that it's not it's you're not going to serve people it's your adventure vacation mm-hmm. uh it was so so insulting and um i i I had to kind of weigh in on that one because yeah. uh you know I have been on I went to Mexico, I think, three times with YWAM, yeah. and uh, once as a leader to take some young people. Mm-hmm. I was passionate about it because the trips I had been on, uh, at, you know, not as a leader, had absolutely changed my life. They yeah. had really lit a fire in me, stirred me, and 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 and, and there's there's major and minor effects, you know. And and, and one of the things, uh, uh, whether it's big or small, is it really does increase your appreciation for the blessings we have here. It does. Yeah, uh, and I've been to Africa once. Yeah, uh, we were over so there cool. for a little over over a week, and and I uh, got to tell you, wasn't my favorite trip. I got yeah. sick on it, but but holy cow, you know that was uh, Niger, uh, Africa is uh, consistently ranked as either the, either the first or second poorest nation on the earth, and to yeah. see that kind of abject poverty, and then and and to see and and to be able to truly minister the gospel, the, the trips, and I was blessed because the trips I went on, uh, we weren't there to you know, build schools or paint or, yeah. or, or even dig wells. And there's, there's some specialty jobs, these construction missions where you, you got to send some people over there who really know right. what they're doing. Uh, but one of the criticisms has often been, well, you send a group of people over there. Uh, and this is a fact, uh, if our hosts for the Africa trip were Neil and Danette Childs, yeah. who we're going to talk about here yes. in a minute, cause they'll yeah. be here in a few weeks. Um, and, uh, they said, uh, I asked him what we would be doing. Do we need to bring any materials? Do we? He says, no. When we have teams over, we don't have them paint. We don't have them build. He says, because any of that kind of work, we can get it done here a lot cheaper. cheaper yeah. There's no sense in an individual spending $3,000 to get over here, and then we put them to work doing something that we could pay a local $50 for. Yeah. Uh, and plus, 
when you do that, you take work, legitimate work and income opportunities away from the local population. True, yeah. So in that sense, it can be harmful. Again, it's, it's not, you can't say that that's always true because there's specialty jobs. There's sometimes materials lacking, whatever. Uh, but that's a legitimate criticism. Uh, but again, when, when I went with YWAM to Mexico and when I went to Niger with the Childses, uh, it was more quote unquote traditional missionary work. We would do VBSs. We would do testimonies, prayer services where we're sharing the gospel. Yeah. And, uh, one of the questions I asked Neil, as we're, you know, we're doing this fun. We took a team of 10 over there. So we're raising between 30 and $40,000 to yeah. get everybody over there. And I'm looking at this and I, and I contacted Neil at one point and said, would it benefit you guys more if we just sent you this money we're raising? Yeah, I think I've yeah, I think I've heard this. And uh, yeah. and he said, you know, it, 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 the, the short answer is yes, uh, but we got to look at this in two different ways. People get excited about fundraising for a mission trip. Uh, if it's just a matter of hey, you've got forty thousand dollars, do you send ten people? Or do you send the money? You send the money. But the fact is, you don't. You don't have forty thousand dollars just laying around. That's true. Yeah. Uh, he says the other side of it is. We really do benefit from having short-term missionaries here. It's exciting for the people here. It draws a crowd. So yeah. we get excited about yeah. t- taking these teams around the country. Right. And in terms of the monetary support, that always translates into more enthusiastic long-term support for from, the mission yeah. when you get back home. Yeah. Uh, and then one other factor there um, is the the people, it's obviously not going to be everybody. It can't be everybody, but the people who go on these short-term ministries, uh, mission trips, again, dipping their foot in the pool of going into all the world, uh, are often, that's, that's the first time they sense the call to something more long-term. Yeah. And, uh, uh, we've really, really seen that pay off, uh, yeah. over the years I have, I've known individuals who have, who have launched into, uh, missionary careers as a result of that so i thought it was a really it, it, at the end it was a straw man argument you know she's she's projecting uh, this world's worst missionary uh was projecting motives onto young people that i right. simply disagree with it was, yeah. it was insulting and, and unnecessary uh, to conflate those two problems but neil and danette neil and danette child they are coming super yeah. excited they're yeah. gonna be here july july 15th uh, morning, 15th. morning and evening. Yeah, they, uh, it's, uh, they. What is this? The fourth time they've been here, I think. And uh, yes, yes, they've uh, so. they've sometimes done just a one service. Last year, I think it was, we had a morning and evening, and it was so special because in the morning he's got a great message. He always has a theme oh, yeah. that he comes back. You know, for their tour of the states, they do this every year. Come back and visit uh, supporters and family and everything for a, a month or two before they head back, and. Um, they will, he'll have a theme kind of message. Yep. You know, I think last year it was, you know, that's not the end of the story or mm-hmm. God, you know, there's a, there's more to the story Yeah, and uh, delivers a great message. And then Sunday night, uh, he and Danette and uh, Tanika yeah. all just kind of they shared, shared very informally, but they shared deeply about some real struggles they have yeah. faced over there. They're in, they're in a uh, Muslim nation. Yeah. Now it is a, secular government so when we think say muslim nations sometimes we're picturing some of these middle east nations where they are ruled by sharia law which is not the case here it's just that 85 90 percent of the population happens to be muslim yeah but they are mostly just uh uh 
it's a secular society, right? right? But there have been uprisings, uh, and just not not uh, was it last year, or the year before? There they had churches that were attacked, burned down. Yeah, um, God protected them, has protected their lives. They've never had, they've never run away, but they have. Uh, in the twenty two, twenty three years they've been there, they have um, planted well over forty churches now. Yeah, and those churches are led by. The locals, yep. you know, they don't, they're not, they're not importing uh, foreign missionaries. They, they've, they've got a Bible school where they train their ministers. They've got an arm uh, to, to ordain them. They've got a uh, grade school and a preschool there in the city that yep. people are fighting to get into, yeah. even though they know they're going to be indoctrinated with right. uh, and Muslim students are going there, yeah. even though they know they're going to be indoctrinated yeah. with Christianity. Uh, they, are, they are the kind of the classical missionary. They have yep. gone in there and started a work. Neil grew up on the mission field in Nigeria working with his yep. dad. And then they, they, they moved into Niger down in the um, southwest corner where all the water is and yeah. where all the people live. Right. You know, I'm like probably 95% of the population lives right. in one tiny corner of Niger along the Niger River. And uh, anyway, they, they've really, I mean, that's, but we, it's you, you think of the stereotype even of ministering to natives, and that's almost what you what you see when right, you go there. Yeah. We, you leave the city where they live, and uh, ten minutes outside downtown Niamey, the capital, a city of a million people with an airport and all the right. Well, you know, a, a, at least a version of the modern conveniences. Right, yeah. Ten minutes down the road, there are villages made of grass huts. Yeah, and you get an hour down the road, and you are out there with wild animals, and and just this, you'll be, you're surrounded by desert and these little scrub trees, and then yeah. there's a little village of ten little huts, and you pull in, and and they've built a church that's uh, made out of sticks. Yeah, that uh, a guy like me has to duck to walk around in. <laughs> And this is where they live and work. Yeah, and it's it's so exciting. But in the middle of that, you know, they've had to deal with health crises and and all sorts of some of the mundane stuff, as well as spiritual attacks. And 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 just to hear how energetic and excited they still are. They have yeah. a they have a five year plan about turning this thing over to somebody there in Niger. Uh, so it's it's just exciting to see somebody really with a, a grip on God's plan for their life. Yeah. And, yeah, that's what always strikes me about them is that. They're just always excited about yeah. what they're doing. And it's like, even when he's like, they're telling the stories about the struggles they're faced. Like Neil always seems like he's excited. He's like, yeah, yeah this is what happened. We'll, but wait till you see how yeah. God pulled us through. That's it's right. It's so cool to watch. It's so, and yeah, I agree. He's, he's fun to listen to. Yeah. He's always so excited. I'm sure yeah. he's. I'm sure he always presents a challenge for the sound man because he always comes in yelling. Yeah, oh, yeah. You always see the sound guy, like, turning down the levels, but it's great. It was kind of cool because I remember the year that myself and three other guys from the church went down to Mexico to James and Beverly Rackley um, and helping out doing a lot of VBS down there. That same year when we came back, Neil and Danette came, and they were talking about going out and, like, uh, bringing up the next generation. And it was super cool yeah. because that's what we were doing down in Mexico. And there's even a guy down there, one of the people who work with James and Beverly, who he kind of had, I it wasn't a word, but he just kind of had a feeling. He's like, you know, when I'm helping these kids, I could be 
bringing up the next me who's then going to go and do more VBS. That's right. We came and Neil and Danette said the same thing. It's like, that's so cool. Yeah. So that was a really cool year. That's neat. It was awesome. Always great when they come in. Really is. look forward to it. Yep. And of course, this is a church with a heart for missions. Neil and Danette are not on our monthly support list. You know, we've got it. We've got a good solid list of uh, ministries and missionaries that we support. Yeah. And, uh, and we don't just do that blindly. They can, they communicate with us and, uh, you know, we just continue to pray for the day when, uh, our resources continue to increase and we can take more of those on yeah. because people want to, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, the offering we give them, you know, this is a giving church. Oh yeah. And, uh, so yeah. Uh, in a year of giving in, in, also. A, in a year of giving, yeah. but we have blessed them when they've been here. Oh, we, yeah. we have, we always, we always, um, want to give, and I, it, this boggles my mind. I know there are a lot of churches out there like that. There, there are churches. Let me kind of go off on a rabbit trail here go for a for second. It. Where I have preached as a guest minister, sometimes because I happen to be in town. Um, but, you know, and they'll bless me with an honorarium, you know, yeah. 50 bucks, yeah. 100 bucks maybe. Yeah. And I'm not sneezing at that. You know, it's, it's not, it's, I do it for free. I do right. whatever. Uh, but at the same time, I know this from having conversation with some of the people. They're like, well, why are we paying the pastor this week? <laughs> well, number one, you didn't sound like you gave me your pastor's salary for this right. week. You know, you gave me a little honorarium, and that's fine. Number two, do you not appreciate that your pastor does yeah. more than preach? You know, people are so tight with that stuff. But the attitude behind that is, well, uh, you know, you, 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 you got up and you, you shared a, a message with us for 30 minutes, 40 minutes. $100 is enough for that. Uh, our church has always, always, as long as I can remember, when we have a gift here from God in the body of Christ, a Tony Cook, a Keith Moore, a Neil and Danette, uh, any, a num- any one of a number of these. You know, we had uh, from Restoration Urban right here in Champaign, yeah. Irvin Williams came in yeah. and uh, blew us away, yeah. come in with a message like that. We're not paying him. For right. the work We're he does paid. in the pulpit that day, yeah, no what kidding. we are doing is trying to bless him in such a manner to send him down the road to yeah. churches like the one I just described. <laughs> yeah, to to, to uh, enable him to afford to go places that can't really afford him. Right. And uh, this is what we do with Neil and yeah. Dan. We're uh, the, we're not the biggest church that supports them, but we are one of their biggest supporters just right. with that offering. And it's yeah. such an exciting thing to, oh, to yeah. be a part of. And yeah. and I remind our people, and I'll remind our listeners right now. Uh, the reason I get excited about that and the reason I think it's so easy to motivate this congregation is I think everybody's got a pretty solid grasp of this truth is, you know, not everybody can go to Niger. Not everybody's called to go there. Uh, but if you are financially sending the ones who are there, then you are going, you're obeying the great commission by making it possible. Not only that, every soul that gets saved, baptized, healed, delivered, this is something that we are doing yep. because they literally cannot do it without us. Yeah. They need what we are doing for them so that they can do what they're doing and, yeah. and do what, what that we're not and, and can't do sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. And, really? and all, every missionary we have in gets me stirred up like that. But oh, Neil yeah. didn't have a real, oh man, yeah, the, the energy really and the excitement. And, and they, they balance it. You know, sometimes I wonder when they come over here or Dennis Cook, you know, who's lived you know, his entire, well, most of his whole adult life down in Panama, the right. world's densest jungle. You yeah. Know, it's still some, in many ways, very primitive conditions they're living in. And they have a passion for it and they love it. And sometimes I wonder how they can even stand hearing 
or reading some of the things. I get mad at some of the whining I see on social media. Yeah. And not just that. The things you hear from, from youth, you know. And I don't, I don't you know, it's, that's not, I don't believe this garbage about all millennials are snowflakes. That's nonsense. <laughs> you know, they've got so much talent and energy, and there's so much of a gift they have to share. Yeah. And yet at the same time, uh, it, it is. We are a whiny people. Right. And I'm wondering sometimes what people like Neil and Danette are thinking, what have you got to whine about? You <laughs> right. know, you should, you should be you should be so thankful for where you are, where you live. But but we're whiny, uh, and I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush, yeah. and not everybody's whiny. Yeah. And I, and I'm not going to get on this, oh, we're just a bunch of fat, lazy Americans, you know. <laughs> we're blessed. That's what yes. we are. And we don't need to feel guilty about our blessings. The very first mission trip I went on, uh, 19 years old, and I went with YWAM down to into Mexico. And it wasn't a border. And nothing, nothing wrong with the border trips. I was just, I'm, I'm pleased, especially looking back, that when we went to Mexico, we went down into Mexico, eight or nine hours right, down into yeah. the country. And Bill Burtness, great man of God, great YWAM guy. He's ministering over in Kosovo now. He's teaching at a university over there now. Oh, wow. Super smart guy, super humble guy. Learned so much from him, especially that week. And when we got back, or we were on our way back, I, I remember having this conversation because I really connected with uh, Bill on this trip. And I said, you know, it's uh, it has opened my eyes to some things. I, I said, I'm, I'm almost ashamed that I never considered this stuff. But as we get ready to head back home, I almost feel guilty about the things that we have. Yeah. And he, he looked at me and he says, Scott, I know exactly what you're saying. It's a very common reaction, but you need to get this through your head. God doesn't want our guilt. He wants our gratitude. Yeah. And it was it was such a liberating statement. You don't need to feel guilty about what God's blessed you for blessed you with. Right. You do, but you ought to thank him every now and then. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. what God's done for you. Uh, and, and this is, but this is... Uh, and, and teenagers are more susceptible to this. It's part of raising them and, and part of their the growing process. Uh, but, and again, there are standouts who just aren't like this, praise God. But teenagers as a breed are a little more self-centered. Yep. Uh, they look at everything through the lens of me. Me, yeah. And uh, I can remember, <laughs> I've, I've, I may have shared this from the pulpit, and I've probably shared it with you before in Conversations Act, but I remember I went down to do, uh, when I was a brand new youth pastor, I went down to spend a couple days kind of shadowing Mike Goolsbey, who was the youth pastor yeah. of a very large church in Tulsa. Yeah. And Mike's a brilliant guy. Yeah. Just, a, I mean, just gifted. He just knows what he's doing. And, and so he's walking me through. And every, everywhere we're, we're walking through the church, we're walking around town, and he's pointing things out. Let me tell you what happened here. See that kid right there? Tell me things about him. And we're walking through the church on a uh, Wednesday night. Yeah. This before, before church. And we're just kind of walking through the lobby. And this is says large church. You know, it's, it's not, it's probably two, 3,000 people. Yeah. So on a Wednesday night, it's going to be less than that, of course. But, you know, there's, there's 100, 200 kids in the youth group. As we're walking through the lobby, there are two girls, two teenage girls standing in between the entry doors. So they're kind of in the, you can't hear what they're saying, but you can see them. And they're looking at each other. And one of them is bawling her eyes out to the other one. And the other girl is clearly, you can't hear a word they're saying, but the one girl is clearly comforting the other. Right. And it was such a picture of compassion. And Mike points at him and says, you see those two girls right there? <laughs> one of them's dad died two days ago. The other one's boyfriend just broke up with her. Guess who's comforting who? Yeah. <laughs> and like, oh, my goodness. This is the kind of world we live in that right. you would go up to your friend whose dad just died and start crying on her shoulder about how your boyfriend just dumped you. 
I feel sad about broken hearts, but this is this is the ultimate looking through the lens of me. Yeah. And it's uh, sometimes it just takes experience to beat that out of you. Yeah. An experience like getting out of the country or getting out of your right. safe little town. Yeah. And this is one of the good things. It's not the ultimate purpose of short-term missions, but it'll it'll drive the feathers out of your head. Yeah. And it it'll drive the feathers out of our head to hear from people who do this all the time. Yeah. Uh, I'm always grateful for two things, uh, 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 grateful for a number of things whenever I hear from a missionary. But when Neil and Danette come, I'm always, and I mean this genuinely, I am deeply grateful for the lives that they are touching and for the ministry that they're doing over there. And I am deeply grateful that I'm not the one doing it. Yep. I am really glad that God has put me in a position where I'm sending them. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean to sound like a wuss when I say that. Uh, this is, it really does have to do with what you are called and gifted to do. Right. Dad has shared this from the pulpit many times when, 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 uh, uh, talking to Dennis Cook, you know, my, my dad, I can't imagine him in the jungle. He can't oh either. Snakes and things like that just aren't his cup of tea. <laughs> and when Dennis Cook, again, who's from Panama was here, dad just says, I can't even imagine how you do what you do. But Dennis said, Larry, I cannot imagine how you do what you do. I yeah. could not pastor a church in the States. There are too many things. He went on to list the things that would frustrate him yeah. about it. But it's, it's what we're equipped and gifted to do. Right. Yeah. Uh, and we, again, you have to take that with the understanding and the constant awareness that Jesus did command us to go into all the world. Yeah. But that's the importance of the giving. Mm-hmm. I really, honestly, 100% believe that we're going when we're sending. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, it's really. I good. think anybody that can ought to at least once get somewhere. And not everybody can. You I agree. know, this, uh, yeah. I, another, boy, oh boy, I could go off on some rants. I've, I've seen people, oh, you need to get out of your, your comfort zone. You should travel places and take pictures and enjoy and see what, what God's world is about. And I'm like, you know, not everybody can afford to do that. You right. know, I'm reading this, you know, from a blog of some rich girl who has absolutely no responsibilities. Yeah. Uh, well, sure. And I'm glad, Hey, I'm glad you're, you're at least, Looking at these things through the through the eyes of Christ and, right. and seeing some spiritual value in this, but don't slam the hardworking man or woman who've got to put food on the table, who are supporting the church and yeah. supporting missionaries and things like that. You right. Know, it's, it's, um, but yeah, I I would agree with you. I think I never considered myself really a mission person at all, right? <laughs> until I uh, decided to go to Mexico, and I really really loved it. And I think. I agree with you in saying it. I think everyone should, if you have an opportunity to, if yeah. you're able to, I think you should go on a mission trip because right. of what you said. It really is eye-opening, and it yeah. opens your eyes to be grateful, a it lot does. more grateful for the things you have. But also, it just helps you to see what it's like. See, you know, I, there's a song... And now I think I'm going to botch it. But anyway, there was a song. I don't remember <laughs> if it was totally about this, but there is a line in there, something about everywhere I, or uh, something about how Jesus isn't just in, like in America or something oh. like that. And obviously you know that. Sure. But being in America your whole life, you yeah. tend to forget things like that. And you go, and like I went to Mexico, you go to other places, and you see how susceptible and open they are to hearing yeah. from, I mean, it's like every, when we went to Mexico, every VBS we went to, the, whatever building we were in, those kids were 
in it 100 percent. yeah and it's so cool and it's cool because it's not just kids like that's the whole right. village comes out to see what's going on mostly women like, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like who are these white people what yeah. are they doing well that's here? it yeah and that's what and i was gonna say so great that well, an easy mistake to make and you're not making the mistake this mistake i understand is that oh wow these people are are inherently more spiritual than we are right uh, that's not the case at yeah. all no 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 uh they they have fewer distractions obviously yeah fewer fewer uh options you yeah. know, these kids are coming to a VBS with uh, with what would, in terms of the bells and whistles, it wouldn't pass muster here. It wouldn't pass muster in most churches right. here. We've, we've yeah. got to get things a little decorated. We've got to do the advertising. Well, it doesn't take much to get a crowd there because there's nothing competing with it. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Now, now, that's not to say that their excitement isn't genuine. It is. Yeah. Okay. But you can... You don't want to come back with this attitude of disdain toward the shallow American, you know. Right. American Christianity is what it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, I am never going to jump on the bandwagon of, oh, American Christianity is shallow, and this is not a Christian nation. This nation has done more to spread Christianity. This nation has done more to fulfill the Great Commission by far historically than any other nation. Uh, I mean, again, you trace it back to individuals. Well, Paul wasn't an American, and he did more. I understand. I'm talking about in terms of the modern age. Right. Uh, And I believe that's why this nation so far is still blessed and protected, because we are still uh, the world's... uh, we might be second place to Korea now, actually, in terms of being the number really? one exporter of missionaries. But, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, we are, you know, in terms of producing materials and everything right. else, this is, this is what, wow. I've talked to so many people who just look forward to getting certain publications, yep. shipments of materials in, in their language. We still do that more, by, by far more than anybody else. Again, I understand that's not the core mission of the American government, but we do and still enjoy a government that allows those kinds of outreaches, those kinds of endeavors and enterprises to flourish. Yeah. And I'm I'm thankful for that. You yeah. know, I don't, uh, I don't think it's, I don't, I understand there's a danger in equating patriotism with Christianity, Gosh, but yeah. it's, it is still possible to be a patriot and a Christian. Yeah. As long as we understand they're not, they're not always the same thing. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Hey, uh, wow, we kind of were all over the map today, yeah. it was, uh, but it was a good talk. Man, it was. Thanks for setting this up, Zach. You're you're uh, you're dealing with these uh, technical difficulties yeah. and handling it with more grace than I was. Uh, so, uh, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate everybody here who's tuned in. Thanks for joining us. Yes. And joining us, join us next time when Matt will be back. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about camp, and we'll take from there. We love you guys. See you next time.